Breaking news. New Year's Eve celebrations give way to pandemonium on the coast of Providence, Rhode Island, as the city's lighthouse is reportedly transformed into a giant albino alligator. Officials are calling the creature the instigator, a fitting portmanteau for this instantaneous alligator. For more information, we turn to our eye in the sky, Max Quipley, reporting live from the shores of Providence, Rhode Island. What's going on over there, Max? We are currently flying over the instigator. It's breathtaking. You'd honestly have to see it to believe it. Animal Control have advised the public to avoid contact with the instigator, but that hasn't stopped crowds from gathering. A local militia has already formed a perimeter around the creature. While the instigator appears docile, there have been eyewitness reports of similar transformations rippling throughout the city of Providence, street lights popping into palm trees, ants turning into gumballs. It's chaos over here. Who knows what will transform next? I don't know about you, but I feel a little... Max, is everything all right on your... <gasps> oh, God. Oh, God, no. Quack. Harrowing stuff. That footage was shot last year on New Year's Eve when the city of Providence, Rhode Island was rocked by the mysterious event known as the Great Transfiguration. Max Quipley's final broadcast is the only surviving footage of that night before he was tragically transformed into a duck on national television. That night, an estimated 70,000 people, nearly a third of the population, were transfigured. Even now, a year later, the people of Providence continue to transform. Just this afternoon, Mayor Bryce Pinkerton transformed into a steak and cheese sandwich in the middle of a public address. The late Mayor Pinkerton is the fifth public official to transform this month. While the cause of the Great Transfiguration remains unclear, Providence has soldiered on, and today, December 1st, after keeping its borders closed for nearly a year, the city has opened its doors to the public. Though I doubt this will do much for tourism, there aren't many mad enough to step into the home of the instigator after all. This is Flight 465 to Providence. Estimated time of arrival is 2.38 p.m. Please make sure your trays are in the upright position and abandon hope all ye who enter here. Hello, my name is Alice Turner, and you're listening to Tales of the Great Transfiguration, an inside look at the ever-changing city of Providence. December 1st, nearly a year after the appearance of the instigator, the transformation of Max Quipley, and the beginning of the Great Transfiguration, Providence has reopened its borders. After signing more waivers than I care to admit, I have boarded the first flight to Providence since New Year's Eve last year. While the general public continues to steer clear of Providence, this inaugural flight was filled with scientists of all disciplines. Seismologists, radiologists, meteorologists, you name it. I was lucky enough to be seated beside Dr. Lindsay Deer, lead virologist of Denver, Colorado's research center. Dr. Deer was kind enough to answer some of my questions during the flight. So, we're pretty sure these transformations aren't being caused by an airborne pollutant. Science teams in Providence have already done dozens of tests for airborne contaminants. 
I was in contact with their team lead before he turned into an ice cream sandwich. And, and he said that they've checked and checked again, but the air is clean. So this isn't being caused by a virus? Well, we can't be sure until we run some tests of our own. But I trust the previous team's equipment. At the very least, it's probably not airborne. Could be some sort of skin-to-skin transmission that they haven't tested for. But again, we won't know until we've run the appropriate tests. Is it possible that this isn't a disease at all? Uh, uh, Yeah, that's a worrying thought, but it's possible. Worrying how? Well, people that are sick eventually recover. If given proper treatment, sometimes the body can fight off the disease. If you were to tell me that my friend and co-worker would be an ice cream sandwich forever, that I'd never get to talk to him or laugh at his stupid jokes ever again, well, that's really sad, you know. You're hopeful that people can change back? Hopeful isn't very realistic. We've never seen people change so dramatically and with such variety. But if we can figure this out, we might be able to stop more people from changing, which would be good, right? These transformations have largely been localized to this one city. Do you have any trepidation heading into something that you don't understand? There's a very real possibility that you might transform as well. Oh, definitely. We've all weighed the risk versus reward on this trip. In a perfect world, we touch down, crack the code, and figure out a way to return people to their original forms. But we don't live in a perfect world. If worse comes to worse, and I, 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 I do transform, I guess it wouldn't be that bad to be a refrigerator or something. Dr. Deer spent the rest of the flight staring out the window. On the way to Providence, I spoke with scientists of all disciplines and found that they all received reports of a similar nature. Radiologists that hadn't detected any radiation, meteorologists that said skies were clear, seismologists reporting that there hasn't been an earthquake in the area for years. Everything is as it should be, but nonetheless, they're on this flight to this place. What do they hope to find, if not answers? Now arriving in Providence, Rhode Island, enjoy your stay, and may God have mercy on your souls. Right this way, ma'am. Hello. Welcome to Providence. Arms up. Deep breath. Tongue out. Have your eyes always been brown? Uh, I think. Arms out. Have you, now or ever, wanted to be a bird? Not really. Not really? Well, one time I had a dream where I was flying over the ocean. Which ocean? I don't know. North Atlantic? I don't think so. You're free to go. Enjoy your stay. Providence isn't quite what I expected. I'd mentally prepared myself to walk into a war zone, but it feels more like a combination of a citywide garage sale and a petting zoo. The roads are littered with junk, a life preserver at a bus stop, an old rotary phone in the middle of a crosswalk, people in bright yellow vests gooping up handfuls of buttons into a jar by the curb. Not 15 minutes on the road and I've already had to drive around three cows and an ostrich. And everything's got these bright red Hello My Name Is stickers on them. A few that I've seen so far. On a moose grazing by the side of the road, Hello, my name is David, transformation class 1A. 
a tennis racket in a bird's nest with the label, Hello, my name is Robin, transformation class 2B. And on the side of a tree growing on the boulevard by a four-way intersection, Hello, my name is Stoplight, transformation class 3B. Do I need a label too? Abigail, we spoke on the phone. I'm Alice Turner. Nice to meet you in the flesh, Alice. You're lodging here for the month, yeah? That's me. It'll be nice to have someone using the old motel. It's just been me for a while. You can pick any room you'd like. They're all free. Got some good views of the ocean on the east side there. Oh, there's a vacuum in room 206, but don't mind him. That's just one of our old tenants, Jason. I could put him away while you get yourself settled. What brings you to Providence? I'm a journalist. You're here for a big scoop, huh? Yes, ma'am. Well, isn't that nice? (laughs) After Max Quipley turned into that duck, most of our local reporters have either transformed or quit. Gabriel on Channel 6 turned into a rainbow the other day. A rainbow? Yeah, I took a picture of him. But it's a little washed out. It's a shame, but I heard he was thinking about retirement, so it was only a matter of time. It'll be nice to have someone new on the scene. I hope you find what you're looking for. Me too. You don't seem that phased by all of this. Some transformations hit harder than others. I've had a year to process everything. Could you help me get up to speed? What was your first encounter with the Great Transfiguration? It was the same as most folks in Providence. Last New Year's when the Swan Point Lighthouse turned into that alligator. Swan Point? It's just down the road from here. I'll have to check it out. Oh, definitely. Swan Point's lovely this time of the year, though it's a bit chilly by the water. Oh, and don't get your hopes up if you're looking for the instigator. The big guy swam out to sea a long time ago, and no one's seen him since. Did you see the lighthouse transform? No, I just saw the alligator. My son saw it, though. We were ringing in the new year on the boardwalk that night. I was looking in the wrong direction when the lighthouse transformed, but I heard it. It was this little popping sound like... And there it was! What did you do? Well, what could we do? We just stood on the beach and stared at it. And it stared back. And eventually, Jack Zachary Johnson and his hunting buddies formed a perimeter. They were armed to the teeth. Everyone was on edge and... All those guns and bullets weren't helping. Max Quipley, he had been covering the story from above in one of those news copters. It all happened so fast. Max turned into a duck and headed south for the winter, and his helicopter turned into a massive firework and exploded into the most beautiful rainbow I'd ever seen. And then Jack opened fire. It was chaos, bullets, reflected off the alligator scales and into the crowd. I've heard people say that around 75% of all of the bullets fired transformed into bubbles. And if they hadn't, who knows how many we would have lost that night. That's wild. Oh, ask anyone about the Battle of the Bubble Bath and they'll tell you the same story. Were there many other human transformations that night? For an entire week, it was nothing but... The Battle of the Bubble Bath set into motion the longest chain of transformations Providence has ever seen. 
around 70,000 people spontaneously transformed over seven days. Most of the property damage was caused by people ballooning out into buses or elephants. A guy I knew, Robbie Flay, turned into a blue whale on the 23rd floor of Textron Tower. Brought the whole thing down in an evening. Luckily, anyone working late that night turned into butterflies and flew out the window. By Sunday, the transformation started to slow down. Streets were littered with piles of confetti. A few personal friends of mine turned into balloons and I had to get a ladder to get them off the ceiling. After a week of chaos, those of us that were still unchanged voted to lock down the city until things calmed down. And have they calmed down? I'd say so. But maybe I've just gotten used to this new normal? My son turned into a raven a couple of months ago. He flew right out of town, and I didn't bat an eye. I just watched him fly away. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. He was a beautiful bird. Thanks for meeting with me, Mr. Hayes. Oh, no problem. While the world at large believes that Max Quipley was the first human transformation, ask anyone in Providence about the origins of the Great Transfiguration and they'll tell you the same story. Angela Hayes. Angela something. Some kid that turned into an octopus, I, th I think. The octopus girl. Angela Hayes. A full five months before the appearance of the instigator Max Quipley's duckification and the official beginning of the Great Transfiguration, 12-year-old Angela Hayes transformed into an octopus. It was right around here that she changed. Swan Point. Her father, Adam Hayes, was kind enough to take me to the site of her transformation. It's a little tide pool on the coast of Swan Point, a couple kilometers away from where the lighthouse used to be. She was playing in this tide pool with her friends last summer. Her mother and I took our eyes off her for one second, and then she was gone. She had left us with one last picture, see? Angela had managed to capture her metamorphosis mid-selfie. This picture is the only surviving documentation of Angela's final moments. It features her big, bracy smile with suction cups forming on her fingers mid-peace sign. Her skin shines with every color of the rainbow. It's mesmerizing. Some brushed her transformation off as a hoax. But a couple of cults popped up here and there. People bathed in her tide pool, prayed around it, that kind of thing. For a while, the city blocked it off. They had a police detail watching it for weeks, trying to keep people out of it. Like it was some magic spring or something. It was kind of exciting. But then Max turned into a duck on national television, and I think it clicked for people how terrifying a transformation could be. Suddenly, change wasn't something that happened to a mythic little girl on a beach. It was something that could happen to anyone one day. You could wake up as a goldfish or a Long Island iced tea. It's scary. The people of Providence tell these stories so casually. Myths that sound like small talk. Miracles interwoven with gossip. Things have started to calm down these days. People can still transform anytime, anywhere, but Swan Point will always be special to me. My wife and I like to come out here, watch the seagulls explode into french fries, like they're little fireworks. There's one! 
Oh, wow. <laughs> Remain calm. Potential airborne threat has been detected heading northward of a Blackstone Boulevard. Those in the Blackstone area are advised to head for shelter. What's going on? Oh, not to worry about. They'll generally sound the alarm when geese from out of town fly over the city. What? Local geese generally have the courtesy to transform on the ground, but out-of-towners aren't as respectful. Figured the city should put some sort of warning in place if dishwashers are going to start falling out of the sky every now and then. Do geese generally turn into dishwashers? Well, we've had a couple, but not enough to establish a pattern or anything. It's all so alien from the outside looking in. Well, I guess we're all in one of two camps. Those that get it and those that don't. As someone that doesn't get it, I was wondering if I could ask you some questions about your daughter's transformation. The last thing I want to do is drag up unpleasant memories. But Angela is a unique case. She transformed months before the appearance of the instigator, the battle of the bubble bath, all of it. Do you think she was a sign? A signal of what was to come? I think she was just mature for her age. She was a sensitive kid, always knew what was up, even if she couldn't put it into words. She told me that Santa wasn't real when she turned three. It might have taken a 50-foot alligator for most of us to realize that something was going on, but I think the great transfiguration has been bubbling in the background for years. I think she could feel it. What makes you say that? Just a feeling. After her transformation, I remember watching her float in this little tide pool by the ocean. The beach was overflowing with science equipment, all beeping, chirping, trying so desperately to get a read on the situation. As the world spiraled in the face of Angela's transformation, the tide came in. The ocean slowly crept up the beach, reaching toward her tide pool, and I saw my daughter caught by the pull of something as deep as the ocean. My last memory of her is the feeling of her wrapping a, a tentacle around my ankle, a little squeeze. I didn't try to stop her as she followed the flow of the ocean. And the world, in its desperation to understand, failed to see how beautifully she swam. Providence is a city unlike any I've ever seen. With animals wandering the streets and dishwashers falling out of the sky, I know that I've only scratched the surface of this bizarre event. I've been Alice Turner, and these are the tales of the Great Transfiguration. Thank you for listening to Tales of the Great Transfiguration. This episode was written by Ben Townsley, with direction by Andrea Sardison, and featuring the voice talents of Ardith Boxel, Rena Jolly, Kara Joseph, Ross McMillan, Genevieve Peltier, Sam Plett, and Ray Strong. Our sound designer is MJ Dandino, with audio engineering by Daphne Finlayson. Tales of the Great Transfiguration was produced by the Village Conservatory with the Crescent Arts Centre. Support for the show is provided by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Winnipeg Arts Council. For more information about this podcast, please visit villageconservatory.com slash tales.